Hello, everyone. Welcome to Meiji at 150 Student Podcast. My name is Alisa, and let me introduce my project partner, Maya. Hi, my name is Maya. Okay, so basically, in this podcast, we are going to talk about the project we are doing in our history class right now. In this project, we investigated and geomap a Japanese-owned building depicted in a photograph collection. Which is housed in UBC Open Library Japanese Canadian Photograph Collection. The photographs were the Japanese-owned buildings damaged during during the 1907 anti-Asian riots in Vancouver, and most of the buildings were located in Japantown. We also investigated the building and address depicted, and attempted to identify the building and trace the history of the location. Okay, so first of all, we will introduce the basics on Japantown. Japantown, also known as Little Tokyo or the Powell Street area, was an old Japanese neighborhood in Vancouver, Canada. It is located near Gastown and Chinatown, and was occupied by Japanese immigrants. The town developed as it was close to Hastings Mills, which provided jobs for the immigrants. Many immigrants worked in forestry, fishing, and canning industries. By 1921, there were around 578 stores that were owned by the Japanese descent. The Japan town was no different from a normal town, as it had stores, boarding houses, churches, language school, and even a martial arts club. The community also had a baseball team called the Asahi. Unfortunately, the area suffered from a riot in September 1907, which was conducted by the Asiatic Exclusion League. We picked an interesting photo of Japantown after the Vancouver riot from the UBC Open Collections. Could you tell me what it is? Okay,、um, the photo is a building damaged during Vancouver riot of 1907, and its location is 461 Power Street. It was labeled as the damaged hotel or boarding house belongs to Morino Ejiro. Oh, let me give a brief description about the photo. In the photo, there is a simply a building with two floors and four windows, a sign with the Japanese writing of Omiya Ryokan. Morino was hanged above the front door of the building. Why did you choose this photo? My reason is actually quite simple. It's basically because I thought that since we know the name of the owner of the hotel, we might be able to find a lot of information about this photo. But unfortunately, when researched in the archives and immigration data, we couldn't find any data about the owner. Interesting. Well, I chose this photo because I thought it was unique, as it had a sign. The Japanese sign, when the other photo, the photos depicting the buildings, mostly had English signs or both languages. Also, I was surprised that Japan had town had a hotel because at first I thought that Japan town was a small neighborhood which did not have much stores or businesses. Could you tell me more about the Japanese sign depicted in the photo? Sure. The sign says、um, "Omiya Ryokan." And Ryokan means hotels or inn in Japanese. Since the sign is only written in Japanese without English translation next to it, it can be assumed that the hotel was open basically for Japanese guests. 
Speaking of hotels, could you tell me more about hotels in Japantown in general? Sure, there were several hotels and boarding houses in Japantown. Most notable hotel in Japantown was probably the New World Hotel, which is still standing in Vancouver today. There were many types of people who stayed in the hotels. Firstly, there were the workers who came to Vancouver in the off season and workers who worked at Vancouver for a short period of time. Secondly, there were new immigrants seeking for success in Vancouver. And finally, there were First Nation men. As other hotels in Vancouver often had signs saying no Indians allowed. So, hotels were an essential part of Japantown because they were important for different kinds of people. Well, sadly, with the Vancouver riot and the、uh, internment policies, much of Japantown was significantly damaged and changed. Today, we no longer see any part of Omiya Ryokan. Currently, we just have a frozen dim sum store. Now, could you explain how the Vancouver riot affected the Japantown community? Yeah, sure.、Um, so, first of all, the number of Japanese immigrants was confined after the riot. After the Vancouver riot, the Canadian government asked the Japanese government to refrain from dispatching. Immigrants, saying that the cause of Asian exclusion movement in BC is in the mass、um, inflow of Japanese immigrants. In fact, the reason why a significant number of Japanese immigrants flowed into Vancouver in the summer of 1907 was due to the rapid increase of migratory migrants from Hawaii. So the Canadian government prohibited. The transit from Hawaii, and asked the Japanese government to limit the number of immigrants coming directly from Japan. Minister of Labor Mr. Rudolf Lemieux, who negotiated with Japan from the end of 1907 to the beginning of 1908, established a contract a contract with the Japanese government that a maximum of 400. New immigrants were allowed to come to Canada annually, including domestic employees, contract immigrants, and farmers. However, families of those who have already immigrated were considered not to be included in this frame. So the majority of Japanese male immigrants later received photograph rights from Japan. Which means choosing their brides by looking at Japanese girls' photos, then the chosen brides would come to Canada to marry them. For those men who had already got married in Japan, they came back to Japan once to once to bring their wives to Canada to stay with them. The increasing number of Japanese female immigrants actually gave rise to the birth rate of the second generation of Japanese immigrants in Vancouver. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm also curious about the condition of Japanese immigrants working in different fields、mm-hmm. after the riot. Do you know whether they were also affected by the riot or not? Oh yes, they were. Although after the Vancouver riot, there was no other riot for the Nikkei community in that period of time. There were still movements of exclusion of Japanese immigrants in various industries. And by the way, Nikkei means、uh, Japanese people,、uh, people who have Jap- Japanese descent. 
In the fisheries sector in the early 1920s, the Canadian government dramatically reduced the Japanese fishery licensing of herring and salmon. In the field of agriculture in 1925, the BC Fruit Supplier Association of Caucasian Agriculture Organization imitated California Foreign Land Act and it launched a movement to require the enactment of a law that includes the prohibition of land ownership and leasing of Nikkei. Re regarding to the fish fishery licenses, although the fishery organization won a lawsuit finally in 1929, and this prevented the complete suspension of offering fishing licenses. 54% of Japanese fishers were still out of business during the 1920s, even when only taking salmon fishery into the consideration. Japanese fishermen in D BC decreased from 2,933 in 1922 to 1,998 in 1932. In terms of the Land Act, Japanese farmers were able to participate in the BC Fruit Association and avoid receiving restriction from the Land Act. This was contributed by the efforts of Yamaya Yasutaro, who was the leader of the Nikkei Farmers Association in Fraser Valley and endeavored to improve the communications between Japanese and white farmers. Thus, by the 1930s, Japanese immigrants as well as Nikkeis who had already gained Canadian citizenship became a community of about 23,000 people, and three-quarters of them retained their Canadian citizenship at, even after the riot. Mm, so generally, I think the Jap Japantown community suffered a lot from the riots, and specifically, probably we can presume that the hotel went out of business after harsh situations, such as new regulations that limited immigration. By searching the business directory, it can be found out that the boarding house depicted in the photo started in the year 1903 uh, and closes in 1913. We can probably argue that with the riot and discrimination, hotel businesses experienced serious damages. Well, in conclusion, I can't believe we found so much information on just examining and analyzing one photo from the Vancouver riot. It is interesting how hotels and boarding houses played a significant part in the Japantown community. Overall, I think these photos are important and a precious resources of understanding Canadian history during the early 1900s. As a Japanese citizen, I also think that these photos will give opportunity for Japanese to learn more about Japanese immigrants in Canada. I totally agree with you. We are coming to the end in our podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. The Meiji at 150 podcast is hosted by Tristan Gruno at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. This podcast would not be possible without the cooperation of the UBC Center for Japanese Research and the technical assistance of the UBC Faculty of Arts, ISIT. 
Find out more about the Meiji at 150 project, including the Meiji at 150 lecture series, digital teaching resource, and workshop series by visiting our website, meijiat150.arts.ubc.ca. Thank you for listening.